0: Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Hippity in Canada. I'm your host Tom and with me as always are Dan. Mike. Steve.
1: (laughs) But no Ward. not everybody. I gave the
0: exact amount right time
1: for a pause if Ward was there.
0: Yeah that's true actually. It really threw me. Yeah it's unfortunate but uh, dude loves his overtime I guess. So uh, we're still going to record and we're going to be talking about something that Ward actually would have input on today. Because he's been going pretty hog wild into his thousand sons. Yep, that is true. At least he bought models, he's cleaning them, and he started talking about a color scheme. So, like, I'm pretty excited because we're so much further than he's been for a lot in a little while. So, um, fuck, the 40k bugs kind of got everyone.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mike, you're working on, what, three armies right now? Maybe. Yeah, Dan, you've been doing some stuff. I hear. Oh, see, yeah. army doesn't count.
0: No, he's got the custodes. He's working. on. Oh, oh yeah, my! I, I my. haven't done much real work oh, on the custodes yet. Like I was is. saying last
2: time, I still have to figure out. You've I'm done a, phase one of your famous plan, which is buy models. Yes, I'm really good at the buy models. Dude, phase. you kick phase one's ass. But I still got to figure out how much masking tape versus subassembly is going to be involved in uh, base cutting the army. Interesting. Because mm, all the cloaks and stuff like that, like the cloaks are attached to the shoulder pads. And all kind of, There's some weird stuff involved on okay. some of the models, how they assemble. I ordered my
1: bikes, um, and I'm interested to know how that goes, because I kind of want to get mine done in the next, oh, I don't know, two days, so that I can bring them <laughs> to Hawaii to paint.
0: Checks so, out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I, I can't bring my airbrush, so i got to get all the airbrush stuff laid down. So I thought the cloaks were separate pieces. Um, Well, the bikers don't have much in the way of cloaks. They've got all that leather type stuff. So the shoulder pads are like—are they integrated with their like weird leather arms they've got? Um,
2: they've got like the forearms are all leather glovy. They are wearing pants as opposed to power armored yep. legs, and they yep. have a little bit of like fancy dress cloaky thing blowing in the breeze yep. a little bit. Yep, but it's not too severe. Interesting. Okay, so that might, might be okay. Yeah, they don't have as much as, say, the Terminators or the Wardens or some of the other models. And those are integrated.
1: Or we're totally off on a tangent immediately.
2: I'm interested <laughs> in custodes. What can I say?
0: Okay. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get into these a little bit. Yeah. Uh, first off, they have pants not power armor on the bikes. On the bikes, yeah. They're literally
1: like got their Harley leathers on their jet bikes. Are they assless chaps? Well, they're sitting down, uh, so you well,
0: can't maybe?
2: see, really. <laughs> so we're like
0: a, it's like a 50-50 that the Custodes of oh, yeah. Assless Chaps. Totally. <sighs> I am really excited for these. I can't wait to... I kind of like, want to reduce them to a
2: 3-plus save as a result. They've got
0: a weak spot.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, just shot in the butt <laughs> with a bolt round.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. My play drones are all over that. Um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> all damn. over the
1: Assless Chaps? Yeah. All right, all
0: right. They have all the, like, the Probulators and stuff. Okay, it's got a little. I think it's graphic. like a proboscis or whatever. Yeah, typically Th- that's,
1: that's what it is, isn't it? Typically, that's for nectar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I Silence. I love it. So, Dad, you you haven't been working on the custodes. What have you been working on this week?
2: Um, building more some Primaris Marines and stuff for the Raven Guard mostly. Fair enough, well, Mike. Uh, how about you? Well, it's only been a
3: week since the last time we podcasted, so I've only got the base coats done on ten Marines two vehicles, one dreadnought, and two characters. I haven't finished
0: anything, though.
3: I'm not that far off, Mike. Shit. How about you, Tom? It's been
0: six days. Come on. Um, well, I'm yeah, still I'll kind of it. in my <laughs> apartment primer hiatus mode, but I did build ten more plague bearers, uh, three three stands of nurglings, and one of the feculent gnarlemahs, as well as the it spoilpox is, uh, scrivener. It's very feculent. Oh, man. When I think of feculent... I think of my normal. Uh, has anybody Googled what that word is? that a real word? Uh, I, I think know. they're playing off of fecundity. Sure. Yeah. But um, like
1: he's very feculent. Is that a thing? Like, can you say that?
0: I, I don't know. I can say it. He's very feculent. Yeah, but but I don't know what it means. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I know what, I know what their base word is, but I, I want to know if like, they, like, leaned real hard into the whole, like, fecundity of Nurgle. Oh,
1: totally.
2: 100%. Like, means of or containing dirt, sediment, or waste matter. Oh, Tom, you're very feculent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They're trees. I love it.
1: They totally are. And if you haven't had a chance, like anybody has, you know, typically some of the GW train has been questionable in the last little bit. I'm thinking of that, like, Mangorse thing. You know what I'm talking about? like the weird Eldar kit. Oh, like
2: the Eldar fish tank. Um, Something. it was terrain. like 100
0: and some do- like 180 dollars or whatever the fuck it was.
2: Uh, I don't think it was that expensive, but it was way more well, money they than they had that mind. one big bundle box that yeah. had like half a tables worth of questionable terrain all in one box. Yeah, all no line of sight blocking just spindly trees that do nothing.
1: So yep. cool, great great rules writing and and terrain production.
0: Although technically but, that did come out during 7th, I believe. Yeah, 7th also still needed line of sight blogging. Yeah, but 7th was garbage. We got 8th edition now. It's yeah, great.
1: 7th was hot garbage. I will give you that. Uh, I saw a funny uh, forum signature, actually, when I was looking at DACA. Somebody had, forcing a 40k player to play 7th is a hate crime. And I thought, yeah, it's pretty much true. It's pretty bad.
0: That's also something that your average 40k player would say. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Steve, what about you?
1: Uh, I managed to get 15... Uh, it's Qatari Vanguard based and uh, like the all the sub assemblies painted because I do them on the sprues because there's a bunch of metal and like armor panels and that kind of stuff. And like they've got that weird cult mechanicus cog that you got to paint. Yep. Um, so I do that on the sprue before I put all the arms on. And you can't get to it. So they're all assembled, got the bases ready to go, ran out of uh, dull coat, couldn't finish dull coating my bases with all the weathering powder. Right. So they are hanging out all assembled but not on their bases yet and ready for. Uh, really all that needs to be done now is like their cloaks and their guns and then they're finished. Very cool. Not bad. Got a lot done.
0: Uh, okay. So I want to just jump right into this one. Um, for the shut up and take my money games workshop, arguably the greatest piece of PR they've ever done in that teaser video. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, if you haven't seen
1: it, if you haven't seen it, we'll pause it right now.
0: Uh, yeah. Take a second. Yeah. Okay. How cool was that? (laughs) <laughs> if you don't know what we're
1: talking about, it's, it's, like, it's the one where they have, uh, what, what did they call it? Was something about reset the clock? Yeah,
2: reset the clock. They're resetting yeah. the clock. Like there's a clock for Plastic Sisters of Battle, a yeah. clock for a Plastic Thunderhawk, and, and a clock for the squats.
0: Yep. And it was so great because guy at the computer just like, oh, man, we got to reset the clock. Somebody mentions squats and they go
1: over to the wall, reset the clock. They drop it. It shatters and they wonder what they're going to do now. And, and,
0: yeah, then we get this great artwork and...
1: Yeah, they, they produce... Uh, they're obviously doing a plastic uh, squat for Necromunda. Well, it's going to be Forge World. It's resin. Oh, is it resin? Okay, yeah. well, either way, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's still pretty awesome. Like, I don't think anybody can argue that having a new squat is going to
2: look cool. And it's such... It's such a loving reinterpretation of, like, the Rogue Trader artwork. Mm-hmm. It is... Mm-hmm. With, like, the quilted flak jacket and all the other stuff, it is, like, directly based off of Rogue Trader concept art, but updated to the
0: modern level of the de- detailing. And in one video, Games Workshop also went went out and said, without actually saying it, we listen. Mm-hmm. We know what you guys talk about. We know what you guys want. We know the running jokes of the subculture. Like, we're in it just like you are. And like it just... if I felt very connected, because so often there's kind of that... Um, at least it used to be. Warhammer community is changing everything, totally but it used to be there was like all the gamers. We'd all talk. We knew what was going on amongst each other. But then there was this weird separation between us and. Well, I'm sure games GW, GW's up.
1: employees, I guarantee you, still knew that stuff. But now they just have, they're more public about the fact that they are aware.
0: But that's just it. Yeah. We used to never know. There was this big kind of like cone of silence. Totally. Whereas now they're they're really engaging and, and fuck, it was cool. And you know what? I kind of want to buy it and paint it.
1: Yeah, I bet you it's going to be a great model. Like, I like the way they've been doing all like the star players and that kind of stuff for Blood Bowl, like the Forge World secondary games, mm-hmm. exclusive minis.
0: They're good. Oh, fuck, and that one I don't know what the fuck it is, but he's got like that domed head that they uh, sneak peek had like the preview at that uh, open day. Yep. And yeah, and he have like the tentacle face, like the tubes or whatever. I think he might be part of the uh, Bounty Hunter expansion yep. in Gang War Two. Yeah, but the model was really cool. Yeah, he's yeah. going to
2: be cool. Hey, Mike, did you have any squats back in the day?
3: No, no, actually I didn't. Uh, uh, that's one faction I never... It died before I clicked onto any kind of interest with it, to be you never,
2: fair. You never had any hoverboards or trucker hats no, in 40K? N- no, no. They had, 90K. when I started the f- playing
1: the game, When I, they had squats on the wall. And I remember looking at the the guy on the trike that had the trucker hat. Yep. And I went and looked at it, and my you know grade five brain
2: was just like, "That's dumb." That was the extent of my squats interaction. And when they killed it, I was like, "Good, they were dumb." Yeah, I think that's the problem is when a lot of like ten year olds were looking at it and going, "This is a stupid faction." Yeah, maybe again, not everybody felt that way. But now that we're in our
0: thirties, we're like, I kind of want squats. Well, well you I'm, f-
2: I'm, I'm happy to have one squat. I don't need.
1: No, let's not ha- let's not go crazy here, Tom. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the dwarves in space thing was a little too obvious. Uh, like, let's just tone it down. Okay. One squad is okay. He's an ab human.
0: But here's the thing. Based on their release schedule, they're probably going to be done all the, all the current books by summer. Oh, yeah. What are they going to do next? Oh, they're going to happ- But what happens if this model sells like hotcakes?
1: Oh, maybe. Well, it will sell like hotcakes. But I think they have a smart enough market research team to be like, okay, but do we actually want to do a full squats range? Like, they're not going to be potentially jumping down that rabbit hole immediately unless the costs of production are low but in like and they're guaranteed to two do Two well. to three years? Sure,
0: yeah. yeah I'm not going to rule it out. That's, like, Gene Sealer cults are a thing. And the I, clock can't get turned back now. I can talk about squats as much as I want. That yeah. shit is broken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but my
1: point is, is they've got a lot to do. And I think the release schedule we're going to see is no more of, like, we reworked an entire faction. here. Now wait 12 years like it's going to be like the Armager where here's your knight, it's a single new model. We're going to give you the rules in the box and chapter approved may give you some stratagems that apply, who knows. That, and that's kind of be their model going forward until you get your new codex, but it will be incremental new units released for your army. So I don't think I I'd be okay being wrong on this one. Like I really don't give a shit if there's a new Squats army, that's cool.
0: All I'm saying is, two years ago, which came first, Mechan- it was Mechanicus first, right? Yeah, then G- GSE. Then Gene Steeler called. Now we see a squat model, and I'm just like, I'm kind of wondering, like, when are we going to see squats? When are the Hurud coming back? Like, they they've done a whole. Well, the Hurud are
1: also dead, right? Like, uh, I'm pretty sure they also. I oh, don't know the. No, it's the. Are the squats the? Uh- what the hell are they also called? They had like a uh, their
2: own demiurge. Yeah, the demiurge or whatever. Or were one they squats? I don't know if they were ever exactly the Squats or if they were just, like, a parallel abhuman stunty race. Because they were their own, like, empire. In they, of, like, yeah, Gothic. they were they were allied
1: with the Tao Empire, I believe. That's right, yeah, but they were also hinted at as, like, being, like, made, like a bunch of potentially humanoid creatures, right? So I wonder, like, I could see us having, like, a whole new race, like the Demiurg, you know, that may or may not be kind of Squat-ish. Maybe in, like, all sorts of, like, weird, like, steampunk kind of, like, uh, tactical mustaches.
2: Sure, yeah, totally. Like, I so can instead see that of being, having, like, pistols in their mustaches, they would have, like, bolters in their mustaches. I'm trying oh, to glass remember guns.
1: What the hell was the race in Mass Effect that always, like, the they had to wear the suits. They were super squat. The Volus? The Volus. I can see, like, a Volus-style army. <laughs> you know what I mean? That could be cool. Like, something that needs to be in, like, a pressure suit. They come from a different uh, planetary atmosphere. They have a completely different look. Um, I could see that and kind of fitting into that squat niche. So but it's basically
0: Mass Effect Arcanauts. <laughs> sure, yeah. But at the same time, I'm at a place where I feel like they could kind of do anything. Because yeah. they kind of have been. And it's it's kind of refreshing to be excited about wondering what's on the horizon, not just, like when's the next Space Marine book coming but out? But
1: that's what they, they did in 3rd, right? Like with 3rd and Battlefleet Gothic, they explored the niche kind of, and in 2nd especially, they explored the kind of the niche realm building possibilities with 40K and they're back to that. They're not just trying to cash in on what kind of works.
0: Well, yeah, because in 3rd is when we saw the Necrons really come into their own. 3rd mm. is where we saw Tau come out. Well, 3rd is ex- not when they came into their
2: own. They had three entries and a white dwarf. They have got their own Codex and plastic kits. That was huge. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, like right. Sis- Sisters of Battle and Necrons and some of the other factions only ever had, like, White Dwarf supplement lists. Yep. And, yeah, 3rd edition was when you started getting full photo- full codexes for a lot of things that yep. were, like, a chapter-approved article before. Totally.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to see Squats soon. No. No, no. Um, because, yeah, I mean, if they released an entire Squats army before Plastic Sisters of Battle, I'm pretty sure that would cause at least certain small sections of the internet
0: to implode. I would I would laugh. I would be so happy. Like, so happy.
1: <laughs> would how, Mike, as somebody that does have... Well, you guys both have sisters. You have sisters as well. No, we no Mike, that's one of the oh, few armies yeah. that
0: Mike doesn't have. Yeah. Squats and sisters.
1: Dan, how would you feel if squats came out and your sisters had not had any plastic models? Well,
2: I don't know. The It would be a little bit of a slap in the face to not have a full proper codex. Regardless of if you have yeah. the models or not, I kind of just want to have like... A proper codex that may or may not include, um, like the Sisters of Silence, like there's oh, there's a cool. lot of gorgeous models that are not probably going to see a lot of play anytime soon. Well, the Sisters of Silence need a complete rework. Well, like but there. and you're getting that codex before summer, like really?
1: Did we include this? This is before we were talking the show. Did we include Sisters of Battle in our codex I list? Think we did. Yeah, we're talking about how many uh codices they still have yet to release. It's not many. Oh, well, it's quite a few. It's like ten. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, we did the okay. math. It's at least nine, huh? Okay, yeah. There's quite a few left.
0: But at the same time, they're releasing a new book. It feels like every week or every other week. So. Well, it's the thing if they're gonna if they they said they're
1: gonna have them all out by chapter approved. So if they're gonna do that, it has to be out like every two weeks.
3: Do you know why it feels like it's every week, Tom? Because they do AOS, then they did Forty K, then they did EOS, AOS. Now they're doing Forty K. No, was Zeech after... was two
0: weeks ago, and Custodes was last week.
3: Right, and then the one was the Maggotkin.
0: Uh, was the same week as the Nurgle, which was like two or three weeks before that. Was it? Yeah. yeah
1: but
3: either way, you know you're right, though, because they, they, they're going to have something for AOS.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like that's coming out right away, into the Nuna Gash yep, stuff is coming yep, out right yep. away. Yeah, uh, They're going to have that, the Daughters of Cain, or whatever. Daughters of Cain, Shaker. and the other one, too, that I can't remember is, like, the Solstice thing, the... the Malign Portents? The the big worldwide campaign. Yeah, I mean, Portents. Soon. But they, they're they calling it, like, the something Solstice. No, it's, well, it's Malign Portents, but it's... No, they have a name for the campaign, I promise you. There's something to do with like the. Dead Solstice or whatever is the first part of that. Yeah, I think Dread Solstice
2: like, might be, maybe? like, one of the, I don't know if it was the article is called that. I think it's the, the book first is part of
1: that. the Malign importance, and that's I the first know. part of the worldwide campaign. They talked about it a bunch.
2: I haven't followed it closely enough to really mm-hmm. get all the terminology yeah. in and out. So anyways, the point is, they're going to have something with that for AOS, for sure. sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And long story short, Shut Up and Take My Money for Me is really uh, oh, yeah, that's the that's. Uh yeah, it's it's pretty divergent, but there's a lot of stuff jam-packed into like two posts on the community page. Yeah. Cuz we also have the new Dwarves and the Skaven coming out for the Sure, just steal my shut up and take my money. Oh, <laughs> that's Mike, fine. Mike, what's your shut up and take my money? Continue that thought cuz I kind of had a little bit of a quiet burp. That's fine.
3: I want all the new Shade Spire stuff that's coming out, the Skaven and the Dwarves and the dice and the cards and I yeah. want it all for
1: all those people in Radio Land. Uh, I am currently googling Shade Spirescape. and I did not Oh dude, to fun fact.
0: It. There's um, a rule for those models where yeah. when they die, they can come back. And obviously the mechanic we don't know exactly how it works yet, but they can come back on any deployment square on any person's tile.
1: Oh, these are excellent models. <laughs> yeah, they're super <laughs> dynamic looking. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they're like they're sneaky. You only start with 5, but there's recursion built in there. Like it's going to be really cool.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Just a second, just a second. I need to. Uh, 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 <laughs> well, shall we move on? While Steve, yeah, is while he's
0: while well, he's tightening his pants, looking so he can escape. I What about you? I'm yeah. still trying to get my hands on those
2: freaking paint handles, man. I got one. Oh, did really? I tell you? Yeah, they've been sold out. They were sold didn't out. did you in get in... any? No. Oh, Go to got... underground. He's got some. No, he didn't. I got two. I'm pretty oh. sure he didn't. He but, had some two weeks ago. Um, I yeah, thought the,
3: they, they had to go into I thought they sold everything they had and they're in reproduction right now.
2: Yeah. The, yeah, they were, the Canadian store sold out, but a lot of the international stores had them. So I was like, damn it, Canada's the only one sold out. This is bullshit. Since then, like, everywhere else has also sold out again. So I think they're, it looks like they're awaiting to do a big restock, but I want like five of those goddamn yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Well, for 10 bucks, why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah, they're like the only thing in the store for $10 or less, other than paint anymore. And even then, that's close. Yeah. <laughs> With, like, the large pots of wash and texture, texture paints, paints and, and stuff. stuff. Yeah, Or, or, the, like, coming or the, like, operation. $7 Liberator gold, which is a oh. good paint. Oh, yeah, the fucking Orlocks. Like, it all looks good. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. The Orlocks and Shadespire are both coming out at the same time. So. Yeah, and, like, probably
0: by the time this airs, they'll already be out. Yeah, or at least up for pre-order. Hey, hey wash your hands, you... Dirty. Oh yeah, it's just pre-order this weekend, uh, so they're yeah, going to be out next weekend. Yeah. Okay. But either
2: way, there's yeah, there's they're really pushing that specialist game stuff hard. I'll probably pick up Gang War Volume Two uh, for sure, and if I can get my hands on fucking paint handles,
0: I'm doing it. Do it, yeah, Steve. What are you? Sorry, are you into the scaven? Is that what you're doing?
1: Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. <clears throat> I uh, the regular Clan rats don't look that much more impressive than the like. Regular clan rats, yeah. I don't know how else to describe that. This warlord model is so fucking cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm big, I'm big into that. Uh, that that might be my shut up and take my money.
0: Also, you know how much it's gonna cost you like five dollars. I know it's something done well, 35 for yeah. the box.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That's pretty reasonable. And you yeah. got this, you got the core game for all the accessories. Is this the you same
1: need. sculptor as the actual Skaven range? Probably, it looks identical. It's like seven. Wow, well, what was his name? Seb Palbertz or something like that.
2: I don't know. Yeah. If it looks the same, it's <laughs> I don't probably know. the same.
1: Fucking hot, right, Steve? Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan. <laughs> big fan. Okay, okay. So you guys continue me. the podcast without me.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think we'll get a little bit more in depth into how uh, the, regu- the
1: regular clan rats. <laughs> I'm not as excited about. I'm just going to say there's one that's pretty cool. Like the regular, there's a gutter runner in here or something like that, or night runner. It looks like that's pretty cool. Okay, there's a dude with a flail. It's clearly a slave. That's pretty sweet. Okay, <laughs> never mind. It's actually a <laughs> And the best part is... There's two models I don't like. And you know what? You only have to pay two of them. It's like a unit of 50. Oh, I still have plastic bags for units of 50 over there. They're like literally Ziploc bags of 50 Skaven Assemble. I probably have three or four of those bags. Yeah. And that's where I decided not to redo my clan rats because I already have quite a few.
0: Yep. So yeah, we can get playing some, uh, some Shadespire once you get those guys coming mm-hmm. out. And they're out... In two weeks. Mm,
3: a Something, less like, two that.
0: Weeks, Something less like that. Two weeks. Yeah. Either way. So, uh, all right. So, obviously, we're all pretty excited about 40K right now. And uh, now that we've had a little bit more exposure to, like, how the game works, uh, Steve, you had a chance to play a lot more games competitively and seeing a lot of army I gonna, builds. I was going to say, I've
1: had a little more experience than you guys. You guys have been late comers to the 40K train, because usually every edition I'm pretty hyped Wait, about hold it. on, hold on.
3: i have been a passenger before you were born, but I got off, and you've been on longer
0: now.
1: Okay, hold on, so you got (laughs) off before he was born? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh boy, that's concerning.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Anyways, no, but like, to be fair, I did actually play 40k like the day it came out. Mike and I did go to the pre like the release yeah. event, but uh, it's changed a lot. But yeah, it is funny. Ward and I went to the store where Tom and Mike were
2: playing on launch day, and we all bought our 40k stuff. And Steve was nowhere to be found. Yeah, it's actually quite funny.
3: So we all were there getting 40k, and where's Steve? Oh, I was where? like in Chicago or something.
0: Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were watching the Cubbies or something.
3: Yeah, I don't think I was around, but
1: yes, you guys were did beat me to the eighth edition punch. But I play a lot of games. Uh, but you guys have been playing quite a bit lately.
0: So, yeah, I've actually, you know, got three games in the last, what, like two and a half, three weeks. of yep, Nurgle. Yep. Yep. And about to get a fourth one in after this. Yep. Uh, but really, it's uh, I guess, where do we want to start? Do you want to just like briefly talk about um, some of the interactions with uh, how Well, I might, wa-
1: might want to start uh, from if anybody's been familiar from editions three through seven? Uh, and how the armies have changed, and the biggest thing that I would I would really stress is stratagems. Stratagems have completely changed the way forty k plays, and I would I would and and also by like the dogma, so the chapter tacti- tactics, um, your uh, like Nurgle specific rules. That the low guy, yeah. I The yeah. thank you for the word. Um, what I would suggest is before you even look at really like building a list, is look at your. Uh, dogmas, stratagems, and chapter attacks, that kind of stuff. Like, make sure you sort of understand what those fundamentally do because the big change is they're rewarding themed armies. Uh, like, the game rewards you for playing uh, a very monofaction themed kind of list that has troops. Like, before it was all about whatever combos you could kind of stuff together and make sort of work with whatever glue. Uh, sort of like these a lot of these one-trick pony lists. Now, like, you see lists that are like, well, I need to bring six units of troops because I want a lot of command points. Yeah. Um, So, I find it's
3: it's rewarding you for taking troops and for taking structure instead of let's take everything that's just going to kill you and go. Yeah. But now you can take the structure and get the power behind it. yeah. You well, need- formations
1: are no longer a thing. So you can't just take this crazy powerful formation like a... Um, I can't even think of what it was. The Skyhammer? With- Skyhammer, thank you. I was going to point to my Imperial Fist that I built uh, to abuse that exact formation. You cannot play that. You need troops. There's not a single um, outside of Super Heavy and Flyer detachments that you can play without troops. Even the patrol requires at least one unit. So... That's sort of the big thing to sort of shift your thinking from. If you've been playing 7th, 6th, and even back further, you need to think about your army as a whole and its cohesiveness.
0: And back to your point on command points, is there such an integral part of getting the most out of your army? And you know what? If you want, you can go with an army that doesn't have any troops, but you're not going to have the command points. Because if you're looking at a battalion versus a... um, whatever the fuck well, the spearhead. Hem- spearhead
1: spearhead yeah you're gonna get one command point for a spearhead and i guess i should say there are uh two detachment, three detachments that allow you to t- not take troops but they only give you one command point yeah so you can take a spearhead a vanguard or an outrider uh which either or the supreme to- command supreme command but the supreme command all you know at the same time doesn't even have the option for taking troops like it's it's very specific and it's one of the ways to get a lord of war on your list which is a little different um and I actually, this is working a little bit off on a tangent, but the point is, you're going to see battalions, you're going to see brigades, because they're the only way to get three command points, really. Yep. Uh, three or more.
0: Yeah, and you get, you know, you look at it, and they've built it into the mechanics of how the armies work. So it used to be demons would readily summon and deep strike and everything else. In the current edition, if you want to get any use out of that, you need command points. Yeah, totally. I need two command points to deep strike and a large unit of demons.
1: Yeah, so you have to take Nurglings. You can't just take the Demon Prince Flying Circus. Uh, I mean, you could. That's not entirely true. Like the thing is, they also made sure that you could. They didn't invalidate any existing lists. So if you did have the Demon Prince Flying Circus uh, thing going on, you can still take the Supreme Commands. Um, so and again, like the Skyhammer people that have the Skyhammer faction, right, or, or uh, formation, they need to get one unit of troops in an HQ, and it's playable game.
0: And the biggest difference is that typically a lot of those formations where you're just taking nothing but great shit... Yeah. ...give you fewer command points. So it's kind of <clears throat> it's kind of this internal balance where if you're taking these troops who are maybe not going to have the same offensive output as uh, three heavy supports... Yeah. Uh, ...but you're getting those command points, so it's inherently balancing things out in a way yeah. that they've never had before. Your troops
1: buff your cool shit. They make your army flexible, uh, which is kind of what troops should do,
2: right?
0: And they win you the game on scenario. Yep. Like, troops, it just... They it's, make everything better. It seems
2: like a less confusing drop zone. In yeah. that, you want all the cool shit, but you still like. You still have to have your basic troops, you still have to be able to hold your objectives, you still need to jump through those hoops to get your command points to make all your cool shit function properly. Well, I think
1: Mike and I have had this conversation more than a few times where mm-hmm. I we I think I can I don't know if I'm speaking for you, but I think Dropstone has the best uh army building system.
3: Yes, for balance and everything. But the problem is is it's a little tricky it's to pick. I was it's gonna easy. say it's the
1: most complex.
3: Yes, but it it does balance it out. Like you can still go for your one trick pony, but that's just it. It's gonna be one trick and just about any Tournament you go to, somebody's gonna cannibal. One scenario is gonna <laughs> yeah. mess you up because you can't do that. What because you haven't balanced it out, and that's the thing is, is you're not gonna get all wins with a one trick pony and drop zone. Totally,
1: yeah. And forty k is is I would agree with your point, Dan, that forty k's list building is is very much like drop zones uh, in terms of its style. It's just simpler. So, anyways, now that we kind of got like the philosophy, or at least what I kind of think their philosophy is, uh, uh, out of the way. What, is, what has been your opinion of, of list building in 8th?
0: Well, I got to say, like, without getting into specifics, because that will be our next topic, it has it felt a lot more to me like the list you build ladder, or matters a little bit less now than how you're using it. Like, if you take something that seems reasonable, mm-hmm. it'll probably be reasonable. Like, you don't have to read up on all of the little nuance of all these different things to get a functional army anymore. You take... Uh, I think
1: your point, though, is looks reasonable, because I think you do have to read up on the
0: nuances uh, if you're not really
1: sure what looks reasonable. Like, if you're new to 40K and you just buy a bunch of Space Marines, um, and some of them are Blood Angels, and some of them are Space Wolves, because they're all Space
0: Marines, right? Yeah, okay. That's so not going to work. For a veteran player, if you're taking a list... you
1: A Battle, Ar- Battle Force Army, which we used to joke about, like, oh, you bought a Battle Force Army, that guy's going to be a, you know, he's going to lose every game. That's not bad now. It looks reasonable.
0: Yeah, like, it's kind of that you've got twice as many troop models as you have elite models, mm-hmm. and you have twice as many elite models as you have characters and vehicles.
1: Yep, and maybe one or two big things that are centerpieces.
0: And, like, yeah, then something else because you think it's cool. Yep. That's not bad. That's just how it works. Yep, totally. It works fairly reasonably. You don't have to. you really don't have to put the thought. Especially, I think this is the biggest thing for me. The keywords are fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, if you just stick to a group of keywords, you're probably not going to fuck up.
2: Yeah. See, I think Tom, you might have a little bit of a different point of view playing mono god demons. (laughs) Totally. My
0: first games were were orcs though. Like, that's True. where I was
2: starting to cut my teeth on that. But, yeah. but also, orcs are... That was in the index lists only. Yeah. But, like, Nurgle Demons, like, you only have, like, 10 or 12 unit types to choose from. And there's fairly that's obvious... Par- <laughs> and there's fairly obvious pairings. Like, oh, I'm including all the character subtypes and stuff.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, am but, I.
2: But, like, each... So each character type really combos off of one or two units from yeah. the rest of the army, very obviously. But if you look at something like Space Marines, where your book has... Dozens and dozens and dozens of units,
0: many are of all which,
2: subtly many of which are very similar, like yep. tactical Terminators versus Centurions versus Aggressors, all these other things. They're similar in a lot of ways. Yep. But they might yeah. have different strengths, weaknesses, synergies. A few of the units have stratagems that only they can use. Yeah, it is. A, we are a lot more overwhelmed by choice with something like Space Marines, just because there are so many units and they don't have the obvious like. Yeah. super tanky unit they don't have the obvious like super we were actually talking unit. about this before you got
1: here that space marines in a lot of ways now are, are very much a finesse list they are not like i remember when i was working at gw we recommended space marines for everybody that started 40k because they were forgiving they were forgiving they had a three up armor save now they're an elite army to an extent i mean you could i guess get spammy with scouts um but because they're elite they have to be played with finesse like, you lose a unit of five tactical Marines, it's not the same as you losing three Nurglings, right? Uh, it's completely different. Like, it can really put a dent in what you're doing. So, I think I think you're right. Like, what, what Tom is saying is there's certain armies that are like, take a battle force I and mean, you'll be fine. But Marines are not one of them.
2: Yeah, just because um, they have so many choices in that book. At that, the same
1: time, I don't think that's necessarily the, the, the point of it. Like, I think Admech and Tyranids and, like, a lot of the more... Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, like, Admech have quite a few units. Mm-hmm. You can really take anything and still play a mid tier game. You're not going to get mm-hmm. waxed. Like, the battle force for Admech right now, or, or what the getting, Get Started box, yep. excellent. Absolutely excellent. You could buy four of those and have a pretty darn good army.
0: Same for the orcs. Like, you yep. got a Death Dread, you got a unit of boys, yep. you get some knobs, and a Pain Boss. Yep. That's great. I don't think you're going to win Las Vegas Open. Would no, but that's because you're not bringing uh, Yanari or whatever the... Yeah, exactly. But you don't have at least 30 Dark Reapers,
2: so you don't
1: stand Oh, you chance. know that Dark Reapers are not going to survive <laughs> the chapter-approved unscathed.
0: Yeah, they're going to be seeing that one. Yeah, I think that uh, unmodified hit forever thing might be going away. Yeah, I also think that Space Marines are probably a unique example because their codex is <laughs> almost the same size as the fucking rule book. Yeah. Like, you look at the the Chaos Marine book is, is kind of in that par- ballpark, but if you're playing like uh, Zeench or or Death Guard, I imagine Blood Angels are probably fairly similar where they have a much more restricted list than...
2: Uh, uh, no, it's, it's not much smaller. No. They don't have Centurions, and that's about the only thing they're missing from the Space Marine Codex.
1: Yeah, they have basically the same army plus Death Company and Sanguinary Guard. Uh, they may not have a Thunderfire Cannon. can't remember if they have Thunderfire Cannons. Okay, I, Space Marines have
0: too many fucking choices.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's no, Blood, really... Angels are, Blood Angels are huge, and that's the thing, though, is with Blood Angels now, it's like you probably want to take a unit of sanguinary guard maybe 10 of them you probably want to take a unit of 20 death company because the stratagems allow you to use them one per turn and you want to make them uh efficient on a single unit like you don't want to have multiple msu style uh death
2: company uh units right yeah you want msu in a lot of ways with troops to get your command points but and with your, your big with your big elite units you yeah. want fewer so that you can combo them with abilities and stratagems and stuff more efficiently But that's the thing though like what i'm talking about with the blood
1: angels list is you want a large unit of death company probably like 10 to 15 yeah lots of units of tactical marines lots of units of scouts and that's a really good list and to me that looks like a blood angels army
0: Like maybe a look... ball predator
1: yeah the, like the ball predator with the overcharged engines with the flamethrower is excellent it's a great choice uh a a Blood Angels captain under the Black Rage, you can spend the Stratagem to make him Death Company, which is super cool. Uh You can do that per game. So you can be like, this this game, my captain's fallen to the Black Rage. He's lost his marbles, and now he's an absolute murder machine,
2: which is really cool. Yeah, it's super fluffy. I think he loses one of his abilities, but like he might lose his like rear old hit aura, something like that. But you gain, yeah, you gain the like feel no pain, you gain and the, the extra feel no pain attack, and the extra or, attack. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gain all that other cool stuff. That That's kind of neat. I like that. I yeah. still hate Blood Angels. Can't, <laughs> can't,
3: can't stand them. Just PTSD from third. Yes, the Rhino Rush. I can kill.
0: <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. Uh,
1: no, but that's the thing. Like, you take an army. You're right. Like, to a veteran player that sort of knows the fluff, you take an army that fits the fluff. It will be middling at worst, really.
0: Yeah, whereas, like, honestly, I, I can't remember how much we've talked about this. This might be overkill, but... Every edition since 4th, I've made an army out of the models that I own, and we've played a game, and, and every trash. time it's been garbage. Yeah, hot garbage. Like, complete hot garbage, where you're like, if I want to play with the toys that I already have owned and, like owned and have painted... You need to I, paint another six Demon Princes, and then we can start playing a game. I, I have to redo the entire army. And it's Rock, Paper, Scissors, at that point in time, I have no way of dealing
1: with six Demon Princes, and I need to yeah. redo my entire army. And it was never like I had a way of dealing with it. Now, like hey, you got six flying demon princes, you have no way of doing any cool stratagems, and I have ways of dealing with you probably once per turn, and we're going to fight each other to a stalemate. And why would you do that where you can have a more flexible army that looks cooler and is more themed?
0: Yeah, man, It and y- you know, you're right, I probably do have a little bit of a biased opinion with, like, the army I've been playing the last handful of games, but, and no, but yes, I the orcs were indexed, but
1: I don't think you're out to lunch, though. Like, that's the entire point, is armies should look like what GW takes photos of in their codexes. That's what people typically build towards. And if that's straight garbage in the competitive scene, that's not going to help them out as a company. Yeah. So, so, I mean, if that's what they're promoting and that's what their marketing materials are going towards, they need to sort of also make that okay.
0: So to kind of, like, roll it over into, like, a little bit more personally, um, like, talking about some of the army projects that we're working on, I think this segues beautifully because, like, for me, the main core of my army that, I've, that I'm playing with right now is three get started boxes.
1: Yep. Yep. I have my Admech is two get started boxes. Admittedly, I only painted up one of the tech priests or tech priest dominuses, but still. But you also have Belisarius Call. Like, it's. Yeah, he's
0: basically a dominus, too. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, like, I imagine if they had a get started box for the custodes. Well, okay. there's
2: only like four units in the entire army, so there wouldn't be much point. Hey, you have venerable land raiders. You have more that's that. true. There's land raiders and contemptor drivers. Land raiders
1: and contemptors, the troops, the elite troops, the elite terminators, the captain, the jet
0: bikes, the like, the six, six d- di- jet the bike. like six different kinds of guy with the flag. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> okay, hey, so you got at
1: least a dozen.
0: <laughs> but like, if you were to just say like "fuck it" and bought one of each box on release, which I did, like that seems like it's gonna be a good. Core to your army. Well, like, you're gonna, you're gonna have t- to flush it out from there. You're but. gonna
1: need three units of
2: custodes for your troops because you're gonna want because they are they are CP heavy like yes. crazy. So I probably need to buy one more box so I can have three units of three. Yep. Yep. For your troops, at minimum, uh, the jet bikes unit of those probably yeah. a jet bike captain. I saw a guy walk into the store and buy four boxes of jet bikes. So jet bikes are gonna be a thing. Oh, they are X people are wow. all over the jet bikes. Well, they're absolutely. I mean,
1: yeah. The thing about the custodes is they're not going to be great at clearing hordes. You know, what's great at clearing hordes?
0: Hurricanes Hurricane bolters that hit and on a two. They hit on a two. Oh fuck me.
1: Yeah, because they're all. That twelve
0: shots per bike. Uh, rapid
1: fire six, so twelve shots per bike hitting on twos, probably with a reroll. Because I'm guessing you're going to have a captain near
2: him. Um. Yeah, the captains have a reroll to hit aura. Yeah. Reroll to hit or reroll
0: once. Well, watch, hit twos? You hit on 2s. So, Fair enough. <laughs> your, entire,
2: your entire army is 2 plus 2 plus for weapon skill, ballistic skill. Yeah. And so, your buff is a
0: reroll 1s. Yeah. Fucking great. I love it. It's
2: fine. Don't worry about, about it. But you're also going to have, like, most of the people that are building, like, 2,000 point lists are like, I have 18 models. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, abs- absolutely, and as they should. That's but,
2: the way custodes should be. But your basic custodian has a better stat line than my captain. Yep. And a, Which better, w- and a better weapon.
0: Also, as it should be. Yeah. So, like, yeah, anyways, uh, like, back to the Nurgle, like, my approach for buying the army was two Get Started boxes, one of them was technically Blight War, but whatever. Sure, it's the same, um, same context. Same shit. Uh, great Unclean one, and then, like, uh, five beasts of Nurgle, and one of each the new characters. And a tree thingy. And, oh yeah, a couple feculent Gnarl maws. and then I ended up buying a third Get Started box, because Nurgle wings are out of stock right now, and I wanted more Nurglings. <laughs>
1: That seems like a gross uh, way to do it, but hey, whatever.
0: Well, I also need the Plague Bears. The second is not too bad, and honestly, at some point I'm probably gonna be running with twelve uh, Plague Drones for a list somewhere down the road. Because <laughs> they're fucking cool. Yep, yeah, they are cool. Um we'll give me that. But like looking at it, it it feels way more reasonable than buying an army for realistically any game system that I have in a while, in that you just kind of you, you stick with what, what looks kind of cool, and when I was looking at uh, doing up my orcs, it was actually a very similar kind of build of two couple get started boxes to get like that core flushed out and then rounding things out from there. Yeah. And like I don't know, it's well what I keep coming back here than it used to be.
1: What I keep coming back to is that looking at the top tables at the LBO this year, looking at those Eldar lists, yeah, they were heavy on Dark Reapers. But they weren't really grosser than, than just being a bit heavy on Dark Reapers. Like, there was a Farseer. Uh, I, think, I think the list, had, like, the one that won had, like, a couple Farseers, a couple of Spirit Seers, which makes sense for an LR list. Like, Rangers of, and Wave like, Serpents. Three units of Rangers, two units of Wave Serpents, uh, two units of Guardians, a um, unit of Swooping Hawks, a unit of Shining Spears, and then, like, don't get me wrong, a gross number of Reapers with Reaper Exarchs, because they're incredibly good. Um, But, like, looking at that, I'm thinking, that looks a lot like third-ed, like, Eldar lists. Maybe it's missing a Wraithlord, but it it doesn't seem, like, I don't get physically sick looking at it.
0: (laughs) No, and that's just it. Like, I used to always walk around uh, tournaments for 40k and just be like, that looks stupid, what the fuck is that? That's I don't not know an army. what that guy's doing. That's not an army. And really, there was only one guy that I saw gaming at the LVO, where I'm just like, come on, yeah, come on, and that was the, like the ten plate burst crawlers.
1: Yeah, yeah. And even then, you're kind of like, sure, like armored company for sure. Why not? You know, like it's whatever. He still has, he still had nurglings Like he still had troops. He just went really heavy on the heavy support. Didn't have a lot of command points. Didn't I don't win. imagine he did. He did not win the tournament. It wasn't like he was the one that found the magic list and skewed and won. No. Like, he just probably liked Plague Burst Crawlers. Yep. yep. So
3: what I what I really like about the way you build lists in this game now, it seems, and you could change, I don't know, but you get rewarded for doing themey. Yep. And the, the one-trick ponies are not effective enough to carry you through the day anymore. They might work for a couple of lists. Yep. You're right. But you need to have a solid all rounder to kind of make it. Now you can, you still have to need, you still need something that's you're relying on like the dark reapers, sure, yeah, yeah. You, you or still, something like or Death, Death Company. Still need, you'll yeah. still
2: need hammer and anvil units, but yeah. your one Death Star isn't like your entire army anymore. yeah well that's the thing that's brilliant is the fact that you can only spend one stratagem
1: per f- of the same type per phase means that why would i spam my ex most excellent unit like i'm going to take a big unit of those and make it a centerpiece and spend the stratagem to make it effective on that like if i want to go sanguinary guard i'm not going to take 20 units of five or something stupid i'm going to take one unit of 10 and make it make it worth my while like uh and i think that's i think that's really cool
0: so, Mike, how have you been approaching building your ultramarines? Like, what what's the process been like? I've been just,
3: like I always do, I want to fill out the battalion or the, what's the other big one? Brigade. Brigade. I want to try and do a brigade, but not with the space marines, obviously. But Well, you could. You, it's not easy, but you could do it, yes. Yep. But that's that's my thing, is I want to fill that out, get that, and then fill out the heavy hitters and the anvils into that.
2: So do
1: the but, six
3: troops. Yeah. And then go from Go there. from there basically Makes sense. so build up my core have a good solid command points and then take a side here and a side there is how I feel it should be done right? and that's so funny because the four sword chart back in third was I need an HQ and two
1: troops and then we can start playing the game yeah there was no other option you had to have the two tactical squads and now it's like well I need the two HQs and three troops
3: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> really or so, in a big enough game a lot of the time the three HQ and six troops
3: yeah totally and, like, I'm sure that my, my way of building isn't going to win any tournaments anytime soon. It, it, it's enough of a structure that I don't feel that I'm going to get pounded on every time. Well, the, the winning list, again, uh, had two battalions. and yeah. had six troops. I feel it's more s- skill that I've lost. Yep. For bur- not the list I brought, but the skill I didn't have is totally. what's going to cause
0: me to lose. But what's, what's interesting about current 40K that I find, though, is that I don't think you'll really have lost that much skill. Because the scenarios that they've written are much more similar to other games that we've been playing. Like the scenarios are a lot more like your drop zone or your Malifaux scenarios than they let, used let to be. Let me
3: re- reiterate that. What I mean is, there's somebody that's going to be more skilled than me, and that's the reason they're going to beat me. Yeah. Okay. Not I agree. because of they had this really funky list that I can't do nothing and I don't get to roll any dice for the first turn. Yep. And I'm done already. I'm talking about at least I have a fighting chance out of the gate. I but agree. it's the tactical mistakes I make that are, can I can make the loss and it's also going to give him his reward him for his his. oh totally That's well, the the game that I lost on the Warhammer TV stream was
1: entirely because I made a single mistake with my declaration of charges with my adversaire
3: yeah
1: 100% that's and the entire that reason I to, to the
3: face and that's why i because it's not oh I saw this list on the internet and I placed first in an attorney how many games did you play this is my seventh
1: yeah it's like, well, that's exactly it. Like, again, you walking up to the table, it looked like two units of 20 Guardians and four units of Rangers. What? what? How is that good? Like, that would have been, you would have never seen that in seventh. You would have seen Wraith Guard and Jet Bikes and probably to a Wraith Knight, right? Absolutely. Like, and that would have been all you would have taken. Like, why would you have ever taken Guardians? That would have been just ins- pure insanity. Um so I, I yeah, I think I think the approach to list building now is is basically and this is kind of what, what I think is smart on GW's part, is just pick what you want to paint.
3: Paint up something that looks cool. But at the same pop. time, keep it kind of balanced. If you follow this chart, we'll give you this candy. Yeah, yeah paint some troops.
1: Paint some troops and something cool. <laughs> which is kind of the way their old model used to be. And people are okay with that, right? Like they don't have to do twenty of the same units.
0: I'm honestly really surprised to hear from people who got into 40k in like 6th edition as to how they feel about it now because all the people that I talked to are all guys that were playing like 2nd or 3rd edition 40k
1: I talked to a lot of people that, at the tournament that were actually playing started in like 4th, 5th, and 6th um, and they all agree because they, everybody when they start 40k they buy a battle force and they paint up an army that looks like something out of the Codex or out of White Dwarf And then they get their shit pushed in. (laughs) And then they realize that's not how you play 40K competitively. What GW was pushing back in the day was no way related to the game and how it evolved in stores and in communities, right? Because people quickly figured out how to play the game uh, at a competitive level. So I think everybody, even back in those editions, likes it even more because they didn't have – they kind of got like the the rude awakening where we sort of saw it slowly shift this way. We already had our third-ed armies and we kind of could adapt. Um, I think those people built an army, got beat a lot, and then figured it out. There was, I don't think it was a lot of a lot of people that were like, "Oh, I see this cool advertising stuff." Clearly, that's not the way you play the game from the company that produces it. I'm going to go figure out on the internet what I need to build to win a tournament. Like, I think that's a rare approach. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, again, the sample size is like four people that I talked to at the LVO.
0: Um So it's obviously hard science.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally, you can take that to the bank, but I, I think I think everybody, uh, especially people that started later, are happier with this.
0: And like the the thing that's kind of weirding me out the most right now that I'll keep kind of coming back to is, um, I've got people who I knew through like War Machine or other games who are all starting to get super jazzed about 40K. Like yep. the momentum right now is terrifying. Oh yeah yeah like it is, it's wildfire across the city. like we might actually have some of the larger numbers. I'm curious to what onslaught's going to do in October.
1: I think if 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 Wardo does it right, I would not be shocked if he was back up to like 60 players, 70 players. I think that's not unreasonable right now, provided that 40K keeps going because yeah, like all the people that were into war machine, I'd say 50 percent of them are like, yeah, 40K is looking really good right now.
0: Yeah, especially a lot of the casual guys. Yep. Um, you still got your like hardcore tournament goers who it's what they do, it's what they enjoy, and I think you know you've definitely got some merits for that system there. But a totally, lot, a lot of the casual guys are just like the worst part is it's like you paint up, you build up and paint a War Machine army, and, and then you go and you build like one unit of Games Workshop models yep. and paint them up, and you're like, oh yeah. I forgot what I was missing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like the, the and scenario. not not to
0: say that the Private Press models aren't fantastic, but they just don't go together in the same way. Like they're just not tooled as well.
3: well no, no and uh, one of the other things I really noticed too is when you're putting together a games workshop with some of the newer models, they're really smart about how they hide that seam lines. between the two parts yeah. that you're putting together. They're done in such a way that it goes underneath
2: or it laps. Or, or in a or fold of rotting or flesh. It flips
3: or it's during a natural seam that's supposed to be there instead of an unnatural one that is created.
2: Yeah. You don't have those Necron-style giant seam down the middle of the shoulder pad anymore? Yeah. Yep. That is not a thing.
3: Yeah, no. it does not exist. So, uh, then even with the weird, the, the weird needs to learn how to chop their models better. So you got to take 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 a step back, look at the GW stuff. Maybe you don't like them, whatever. But the way they put their models together is way. Well, I mean,
1: the end of the day, better, it's pretty efficient. It's pretty simple. When you're like, oh, GW's stock valuation was just hit over a billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, weird and privateer press are not even a tenth of that. Uh, maybe even a
3: hundred. Oh, no, I'm not even trying to say this is a worse game. This is a better game. GW has the got resources. the experience, they've, they've got, got the got resources, the resources. Yes. Which yeah they've got the experience. This is this is why they're good at this. But I mean, it's, it's times like this where you should maybe stop, take a look at, it and say, "Oh, how do they put that together? Oh, hey, that's pretty smart."
1: Yeah. Well, they invested, uh, you yeah. know, five hundred thousand dollars into a kit, um, where you know. That okay, might be the,
3: it might be not affordable, but it's still you it still can't hurt you to look at the kit and see how they do it. And
1: I was going to say that might be the gross revenue of your entire game system. Yeah, right. Like. Like, uh, which is which is ridiculous when you think about like think about how many space marines are sold, right? Like the tactical marine kit, that kit alone probably grosses more than most game systems do.
0: Yeah, maybe not anymore after Primaris are out but like yeah, pretty close. Yeah, totally. Right. Uh, anyways, so uh, do you guys have anything else to say on like the army building? Army building. Now that we've totally migrated away from army building, uh,
1: I will say uh, battle scribe. Oh yeah, grab battle scribe. Uh, use it um, pay attention to the match play stuff like this is getting a little bit more down into the details but I do think um, list building only matters if you're worried about match play rules which in my opinion once you start getting out of like the you know training wheels type games you really want to be doing
2: the match play stuff because otherwise you're not really playing the same fair game yeah no. playing with <laughs> playing the power level and um, like the ruses and the sudden victories or yeah, whatever yeah. they call them those games are like the they're kinda of interesting once in a while, but they're pure shenanigans. Oh totally. And I that's so,
3: that's totally fine. And to be fair, you have to be good friends and your friend has to be trying to make a balance because it's so easy to overweigh. Oh, I'll just take every, every upgrade upgrade. <laughs> I'll just oh he has it. Yeah. What'd it cost me? Nothing. It's still the same.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Stormtrooper squad, four plasmas, plasma pistol, power fist, you name it. Every fucking thing power on levels the planet. Yeah. Uh,
1: no, I think I think the thing is it's easy to game, but power level is a good idea when you're starting out. Like, we're, we're playing 1,000 point games, and it's only because we're pretty good with the, like, the idea of the point system, but I know for some of uh, the people that are actually starting out right now, power level's awesome because they built their models. They're yeah. not going to break off arms to try and game the system, so power level works pretty good. Right, they built a guy with a thunder hammer. They built a guy with a power fist. They built a guy with a bolt gun and one with a chainsaw. Right, power levels fine, um, but it, the thing is, it's so easy to game. So once you've done a few of those and you're kind of past that, get Battle Scribe, read
0: the match play rules, uh, and play your games with that. You'll have a really good experience. I do. One of the funniest things I heard in a while though was when you and Elliot were playing games yep. and he was taking his 100 power level game or army. Yep. No, that he's taking, taking my, my 2,000 PO, point list. You had list. your 2,000 point list. You actually had like 105 power level, and then yep, he had 108. like... 108. 108, but he had like 200 or He had
1: 2,300 and something odd points. So... He had 300 points on me and an eight power level on him. So the percentage increase was actually quite similar, uh, but the only reason that I had that is because I had, the, I had more units, right? Right. Like inherently I had more units than they initially have more power level. He had bigger units with more upgrades. Yeah. Um which is really weird.
0: Uh, It was just funny. So it was kind of a quirky nuance, but uh, so I kind of wanted to transition into kind of talking about the actual projects that we're working on, what we're excited about. And I want to have a little bit of a round table about um, how we're planning on like painting the stuff, what we've been doing to kind of go through that process a bit um, and talk about maybe our motivations for why we're trying to do what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Steve, uh, I don't know if you want if you have any new projects on the go or if you maybe want to talk through the Mechanicum that you just did up.
1: Yeah, totally. I can, I can definitely talk about that. So my Mechanicum uh, started out as a 7th ed list, um, specifically because of a painting seminar I did at the LVO. There was a color scheme that I really, really liked, um, the teal with the rusty uh, panels and the, the bone um, striping. Uh, I was trying to figure out a model that that would look awesome on, um, and i f- I felt like the old school castellans, with their like fifty style setup, looked like a like, fallout kind of thing where they would be like busted up and rusty, so did those models, figured out a way to make them work in the cohort cybernetica, played them with my three knights uh with the cohort um was not a great army, but was a lot of a lot of fun, super tough, very durable uh When eighth rolled around, I was like, i gotta turn this into a mechanicum list like they're super cool. They're finally playable outside of War Convocation, so I decided I was going to build them into my, my LBO list. Um, so my thought with with building my Mechanicum was, A, I need a lot of command points, um, so I need to do infantry, because uh, all the stratagems with Mechanicum, are like they're, they're quite command point heavy, um, and they're excellent. They're really, really good stratagems, so I immediately had to do up 15 infantry, min squads of five. Uh, I'm not a super fast painter. I'm not really that slow, but I also had to do the rest of an entire army. So it was like, (laughs) let's get three units of Rangers out of the way. Uh, Tried to make them useful, give them one upgrade. I gave them the sniper rifle because that's actually pretty useful in 8th. Did a Belisarius because that model is absolutely ridiculously cool looking. I didn't even know at the time that it was going to have all the benefits to Mars uh, uh, Forge Worlds. So I did that up back in the tail end of seventh. Um, so he became my, fact, my <coughs> faction, my uh, faction HQ for my Mars detachment, uh, and the whole idea around that was Wrath um, of Mars stratagem. Use them as my shooting base. Um, Call would hang out and be sort of a semi counter assault unit with them, uh, and then do up the Stygies detachment. Because one of the things I love about about forty K has always been close combat. Like I love this idea that in You know, the 41st millennium, you still have dudes with swords and taser lances and power fists that have to go out and punch each other amid, like, Warlord Titans that are doing their thing, right? Like, I think that's just crazy. So I had to do up the Dragoons, um, to get me some close combat, um, and I was actually quite happy with the list. I was running it with a knight in there as well, so I had sort of the whole, you know, three different sizes. It looked like a Mechanicum list, like, kind of like a Warcon did, but less skewed, um... Yeah, and that was basically it. It was really organic, and I the end of the day, I I basically toyed around with the two Onager Dune Crawlers. The only reason they didn't come to Vegas is because they're awful to transport, <laughs> like the huge bases, lots of spindly antennas, and that kind of stuff. But the whole army was built around two Battle Force boxes, right? Like I get the two Onagers and the twenty infantry. Buy another box of uh, Skatari, and you've got your battalions ready to go. That's two battalions right there. Uh, a couple engineers and you're you're ready to rock. Uh, add in the Castellans and the Ragoons, like the cup, the hammer and anvil kind of units, and you're you're good. So that was the entire process with building my list. Uh, and it came down to like units I wanted to paint. I didn't really want to paint the Servitors; they weren't my absolute favorite, and I couldn't do Ooh. a lot of the cool like teal paneling on them because okay. they've got like a lot of metallics and a lot of skin. Um, and I, I've never been a huge fan of actually painting metallics. Not that
2: great at it. They're hard to elevate. Yeah, they're easy to do. Okay. But trickier to figure out where to go from there. Totally. Fuck, do I know that one?
1: <laughs> yeah, metallics, metallics has never been my favorite thing to paint. So doing like all the treads and all the totally, like he- beaten-on plates, like where they just nail a piece of steel to a dude's face because servitor uh, didn't really appeal to me, so I didn't do any of those. So yeah, it was kind of like here's my uh, my list that I want to play. I played a bunch of test games with it. Uh, it. Works okay. It turns out. You know, you can, list theory, you can list Hammer all day, but I, we didn't play a lot of, like, full games. We played a lot of, like, turn one and two to make sure I could, like, you know, not get worked in the first couple of turns. You really need to play full games. Like, <laughs> 40k now is not an alpha strike, you know, and that's why you saw the top table slow playing, right? Just because you can kind of list build for the first couple of turns, but then after that, the game gets actually quite balanced. So I'm going back to the drawing board. Uh, I'm removing my close combat Castellans. I'm removing my assassins. I'm doing pure Mechanicum for my two battalions. I'm going to do another 15 uh, troops, because I need more troops, which is kind of hilarious. That's a total departure from seven. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing another single engine seer, and then I'm going to season it to taste with something that's going to be like my counter assault unit. The the Castellans with fists are actually quite bad. I hope chapter approved updates them a little bit. So it's either going to be a knight that's going to go and replace them. uh, Possibly the new knight. Exactly. Um, Or because I really, really like them, Castellan jet bikes. Or not Castellan jet bikes, Custodes jet bikes.
2: Yeah.
1: Castellan (laughs) jet bikes would be so much cooler, (laughs) though. (laughs) It would be ridiculous. They'd be riding like a Dyson or something
0: (laughs) stupid looking. I assume it would be like a flying old Cadillac. Totally. (laughs) It would happen. And then fighting dinosaurs. Totally. Without a doubt. um, So, what's really funny about that is I think that was actually a lot of really good uh, content. I was really asking about like the paint scheme. (laughs) Ah. and like how you went around like working on the army um not but like that was great that was, that was fantastic you got the whole thing um the whole gamut but uh so you you, you started up you painted up a model uh for painting uh, painting class that you thought yep. was really cool you wanted I didn't actually even paint up a model for the class it, yeah, it was like a rhino, rhino door yeah yeah so what uh what was the process of rounding that out throughout the entire army
1: like what would you mean from a paint standpoint yeah. um Man,
0: you know what? It, there wasn't really
1: any change from doing the panel. It was basically apply that panel with uh, more zenithal and more lighting effects across the entire army. That was the entire extent of it. Like, there was no thought process beyond that. Um, it was one of the most rewarding armies I've ever painted because it was simplistic and every single step rewar- like had a really good outcome. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mike, you're... The army that you've been working on the most lately is your Ultramarines, right? Sure, yes. For forty k, yes. Um, I go
1: sure, yes. Pick one. I don't really give a
0: shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, um, are you? I, I'm trying to remember. You're doing the uh, like the candy on them, yeah, aren't
3: you? I'm doing the candy blue.
0: So like, what made you like hone in on on the candy for the Ultramarines? Like, what's what's kind of the thought process behind that? Okay,
3: so the thought process I have is if you look at any of the art. For Marines, they're not dull. The the the, the highlighting they got on there, it looks metallic. in A lot of the pictures on the cover, it's a polished metal. So I thought, why why aren't we doing this more? Why? So I said, you know what? I want to make it look more like the cover. And plus, I had a lot of success with my Stormcast. I thought, let's let's Mm -hmm. change this up to the see what the blue is like. And so it actually took a long time to find the colors I wanted. The first blue I tried was actually. Uh, more of a crimson fist blue, which might not seem like a lot, but it's a huge, it's buckets difference.
1: anybody. You, look, oh, you no. don't
0: want an ultramarine looking like a crimson fist.
3: Yes, you just, you just, it's wrong. It's
1: just wrong. Well, Dorn is the better Primarch. I mean, he was the only one that stayed <laughs> home and you know <laughs> held the fort
0: down. Yeah, but he's really bad at. He can't double high five.
1: No, he can't. That's <laughs> okay. true. If they, anyways, he is. Side he the then, <laughs> back. The, the other thing to see I to search fist
3: <laughs> is the red on the helmets. Uh. The ghost tints doesn't really do justice because you have to do it in gold and then do an orange. It's more of an orange than a red. So I thought, you know what, let's see what the Forge World stuff's like. So I got all the Forge World in and I tried out the red. That worked way better. So I got the red I wanted in, but I had to play with it a lot. So the first actual model didn't actually get done to the way I wanted it. Until about two months after I bought the starter box,
2: which for you is crazy, yeah,
3: because I just, I, but two I thought months to you know what I want to like find squat. out where <laughs> it is and this and that, but once you get the colors for me it 's a lot easier. You just bang, put all the experience you 've had from the previous candy, add on to that a little bit, more highs, more lows on your highlighting, technique. and you 're talking
0: before the candy goes on oh for yeah
3: it, right? it's all like it doesn 't look like it once you do it all the time but. You have to do a lot of shading, a lot of blending, a lot of highlights, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not edge, but all the other stuff, to get it to look the way it does on the cover art and everything else, to get the right zen, the right lighting effect. So when the light hits it, bang, it's going to look like that. So you're going to know the light source is at point A, and it's hitting the model here. It's going to look great no matter what angle, which is the downfall of non-metallic metal. Yeah. If you rotate it the wrong way, it looks like crap. Well... My models don't have that much work into it. But no matter where you yeah. rotate it, gonna say, even it's going to e- look
1: right. Even for you, Mike, if you decided to start doing non-metallic metals, it might take you a little while.
3: Yeah. No, no. I, <laughs> I, I get <laughs> you. might that. slow down your painting output. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter where you look at my army or where you're yeah. standing. You right. get the proper lighting effects. I have to of agree with you. Many. Like I
1: think always doing like the flat color schemes, a lot of times that um, the Ultramarines washed out bluey-purple. Is kind of a bit boring, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that. The typical, the, sometimes it gets that purpley tinge to it, depending on the batch of paint. Uh, I've seen a lot of like the photos of the ultramarines, like Studio Army, which I think is also probably a little bit UV colored at this point in time, too. Yeah. Like just being out in the light all it's the time. It's possible they've been bleached a little bit. Yeah, they look a little bit dull. That model, because I'm pretty sure you're talking about the one on, oh, maybe not here, the one on the main rule book, where it's got like that very on the back of the main rule book, it's got that
2: crazy shine. It's got the red tint to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like that. That's that's the, that's, the cu- kind,
3: that's of what kind of, of what I'm good. But anyways, in the picture art, it looks like it's metallic. And so, yeah. that's what I wanted to go for. I thought, you know what? This is going to work perfect for Marines. How many different sets of colored armor I can pick? It's like, I want to do blue. It's I've never different. done a blue army. So I thought, bang. The Ultra thing I like about perfect. it is it's
1: different. Yeah. Well, it's different. I don't. And, even it's, and to really be care, fair, it's, it's also a little
3: cheaty in the presentation because it's got a lot of, a lot of bang and a lot of oomph when you look at it first well, time. Well, that's the thing. It's different.
0: Yeah. It's different. It's fun. Um, I like that you're, you're talking about how, you you really force the like the extra shades and highlights. Yeah. Before the candy, because one of the things I I see a lot of the time when guys are doing candy coats on stuff. Is they just, they don't do that enough. No, and then it, does, and it looks very plain. And you lose
1: depth and shape. But I also really don't everything. like the fact that yours is like pure gloss. Like, I, I, I like the fact that yours is not pure gloss.
3: Yeah, no, I tone it down with dull coat too. Yes. It looks more like a satin metallic. Yeah, which is what yeah. yeah. I think
1: yeah. if it was like, Shiny, like like your your stormcast a little more shiny, my my opinion. No, not anymore. In the, in the beginning, they were, okay. but they're They've not been dulled down quite. They've a bit, been dulled which down. I think works for stormcast is what I was going to say because they got the fantasy thing going on. Like yeah. you, you know, you can kind of get away with however you want to paint them. I think with ultramarines, if they were like that
2: crazy shiny, everyone would kind of be like, ah, okay. And there's also the element of if you want to take pictures of these models <laughs> and they are <laughs> head Sword. to toe head to toe glossy candy coat metallics. Oh, yeah. You can't take a picture of that. Your camera just gets yeah. It's like where's the edges? Yeah, for the
3: record, yeah. Talk
2: when you me about see my, my
3: stuff in person, it looks way better than the picture because it's so hard to take a picture. Yeah, of. yeah no, I know. I, I it have is a, so so hard. I have a couple of nights that are full candy. Yeah, cup. and they look really they look awesome in person. But as soon as you try to yeah. get it in a picture, because of the metallic in the sh- in the shine it just nope, nope, that that doesn't look like that no that's why does it look like that i kind of hate
1: the candy effect on my nights uh, now <laughs> so um, <laughs> seriously like i just
0: it's kind of dropped off what are you doing for the basing
3: oh i'm using the 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 uh, mechanicum bases sector Mechanicus bases yeah. and honestly they're awesome like i've bought the uh, age of sigmar version and they don't have as much definition not as much height and everything, and then yeah. they just look overall. Looks like somebody took a quick blowtorch and ran it through, and everything kind of soft and blended. <laughs> and all the edges are it. not there. But with the mechanicum, everything's sharp. It's got depth to it. It they're way better. I love these bases so much that I probably bought about four packs of them. To do both So that's like the, 200 bases? Yeah. They're also but, cheap for 200 bases yeah, compared and, to any Yeah, and I also bought extra of the Necromunda because I needed the 25 mil for the Mechanicum stuff yeah. that I got. Yeah, because Sector
2: Mechanicum doesn't actually come in 25 mil, so you yeah. have to use the Necromunda ones.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, i put all those bases, and that's just to do the Mechanicum that I'm doing and the... Uh, okay, i gotta,
1: I got to correct turns. you at this point in time. Yeah. You've said Mechanicum too much. Okay. Mechanicum is the Dark
0: Mechanicum now. Okay. They're the Mechanicus. Okay. So he was mechanic-cussing when he called him mechanicum.
1: Yeah, mechanicum is a is a is the is literally a, a dark word. The maybe, dark maybe I'm the dark guys. Oh, you could be in which case <laughs> this is a problem.
0: So I've got a I got a question for you, Mike. Like, yeah. how are you doing those bases up? Like, are they fairly weathered or are they a little bit cleaner?
3: No, I, well, they're clean to a certain point, but I'm gonna I, I throw a, an Agrath wash on it just to make it a little dirty, and then there's. A little bit of powder that goes on uh, wherever there's a bolt or a pipe to make it look rusted.
0: Are you getting like a little bit of powder on the guy's feet as well, like to kind of tie into the environment, or
3: not as much? I'm I'm doing a little bit of wash on the edge of it to dull it down and make it look. uh, There is something to tie it into the base, but what I'm saying is it's not the powder so much as.
2: Because I think yeah, the, I think the texture and the shine qualities of the pigment, especially if you're using fixer, yeah. could do weird shit, shit with the candy. Yeah.
3: yeah, that's why. Like I said, fair. I'm just it's it's more of like a wash after the whole thing is done. Is that's on the feet. Just to, but it's not even that much because it's it's not a dirty gray, but it's, it looks more like concrete, and there's not as much dirt and dust when you have a full concrete. Asphalt going on, type thing. Yeah, totally. So there's not as much weathering there. Somebody might have cleaned at
0: some point in the last 10,000 years. Whatever the case As opposed to Mars, which is going to be nothing but dusty sand. Yeah, ash dunes, rad saturated (laughs) garbage with sludge. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Great day. So, Dan, for yours, do you want to talk a little bit about the process for your Raven Guard, or do you want to talk about what you're thinking of trying for the custodes? Well, custodes are quite theoretical at this point, and. Practical?
2: Well, I'm not doing ultramarines. I don't have to break it up to theoretical and practical. But uh, <laughs> this is good But actually, the custodians will probably be using a lot of the similar techniques to my Raven Guard anyway. Like, I'll probably be painting the gold fairly similar. I'll probably be painting most of the flesh tones fairly similar. Um, just so they can tie in and, like, ally together and look cohesive. But I think the Raven Guard is kind of an interesting one to talk about, just because that's an army that I've been painting... Off and on, and updating for every new edition since
0: two thousand three. Yeah,
2: yeah. since so, uh, September of two thousand three or August or the some of the first games that I ever played with those models were in the I think it was the two thousand and three Grand Tournament in Calgary. I was going to say since edge highlighting was all the rage.
0: Yeah, because you because you started that army what like
2: six weeks before the Grand Tournament. Yeah, I for a while I had that ridiculous tradition of. I don't even own any models for this army. I'm gonna paint it in six weeks for a major tournament. Were we all there at that tournament? Uh, yes, the 2003 one. Yes, I didn't know any of you, but I think we were. I wrong. was
1: playing, you were playing Fantasy. Your Skaven that year? I was playing. I was playing Fantasy. I was playing Skaven. My <laughs> first tournament.
0: Because that was the one where the, the T-shirts had the <laughs> I the gray knight on it.
1: No, that was 2004. No, no that, th- that was. You're they thinking were the white T-shirts. They weren't. The they white were the white T-shirts. Th- that you're was the one. The, one where you guys were thinking towel.
0: 2002. You brought your towel. Yeah, <laughs> so we so we were not at the same one. You were at 2002. We were at 2003. I was also at 2003. Oh, I was
3: at 2003 as well.
0: Okay, yeah, because I can just guarantee you it was the gray knight with the th- with the yeah, gold armor. Too. That was 2003. Because I was not at 2002. Okay, and 2004 was a conflict. Okay,
2: yeah. So whichever one we were, either there. way. <laughs>
0: uh, unnecessary minutia aside. Uh, Fuck, that's a long time
2: Yeah, and so the army has evolved um, Like a lot of the basics are more or less the same Just kind of swapping out discontinued colors for modern equivalents and whatnot Right But like the armor is a very sharp, very precise edge highlight Like three color progression over black but it's highlighting through the blues into, like, the old blue-gray, shadow-gray. What I was going to say
1: is, like, back in the day, edge highlighting was the thing you did on every edge. Like, it was kind yes. of the whole shtick. And the you first, took it to a different level because yours was by far the cleanest edge highlights, and you had different tones in your, in your edge highlights. It was kind of like the first time I was like, oh, you can make that look
2: not weird. Yeah, because the... At the time, Black Templars were a very common um, army that a lot of people were playing. Yep, I was. So they had black that was highlighted with, like, Codex Grey. They yeah. had white that was shaded with Fortress Grey, and they had a little bit of red details. Or if you mean, you, you dry brush your black with grey, and, and it yeah, just looks grey. it's a great look. But, uh, so there were so many, there were so many of those Black Templars armies, and I didn't want to have that same colour tone to them. Yeah. So for the Raven Guard, I did, I, I did highlight the, uh, the black through, like, at the time it was Regal Blue, Enchanted Blue, and Shadow Grey. Yeah. Uh, nowadays it would be um, P3 colors for the first two It's Exile Blue and Signar Highlight And then the third color I actually have about a half dozen pots of Shadow Grey Oh wow Because uh, the current ones, the Space Wolf colors um, Which are equivalent to Shadow Grey In air quotes, like, there's lighter ones And there's darker ones, but there isn't really a Shadow Grey Yeah, and Shadow Grey had a little bit of blue in it anyways Yeah yeah. And so there isn't really a perfect match for it anymore But like I do have like five or six pots Of the Shadow Grey <laughs> Um, oh, I know. The number of pots I went through dry brushing terrain and now I'm kind of like, what the fuck was I thinking? That was <laughs> a great color. Wasting it yeah. Great color. But, um, so yeah, so the basics are still the same for that. The The white is like a cool white. Um, it's using a lot of those Space Wolfie style grays um, as well to sort of tie it all together. But then the metallics and some of the other details are really where all the contrast comes into the army. It's yep. so like they have the red eye lenses, the red on the... Um, on the purity seals which add a lot of spot colors whenever there's heraldry uh, black, white, and red are the colors that I use but in that case I use a flatter gray um, for highlighting the black rather than the blue black of the armor plates yeah, so it doesn't interact with the the white as much yeah, so it uh, you don't get like weird you don't get weird combinations there it just keeps, keeps that a little bit more monochrome for the red to stand out yeah um, but yeah like the the golds the coppers are a more modern addition to the color scheme as well. Yeah, once we started doing Vertigree, cuz I remember you started working on that here more than anything yeah. like
1: back in like 6th.
2: Yeah, so that was that was after maybe 5 years or more of playing with the army and it got to the point where with the Raven Guard color scheme whenever I was doing veterans or characters or anything, I was always just more white and more gold. Yeah. Which they stopped being stealthy very quickly. <laughs> Yeah. At that point. Like, they get very garish very quickly, and I so was the first place to, you
1: really did the copper was on the bikes, wasn't it? Like, I think the, the
2: Terminators car- were the very first uh, ones. on the Crux. Because the Terminators had the Crux Terminators, yeah. like the big thing on the shoulder, which done up in gold, was way too garish for... That makes with, sense. ...for uh, Raven Guard. That makes sense. And because Terminator armor is ancient and irreplaceable and all the rest of it, it made sense to me to have that more, uh, like, um, that more tarnished, coppery, bronzy color. It makes them look a little bit older without... Um, and it, you can also two tone, like some of the areas that had a lot of, uh, the crux terminatus or other details. You can have like a lot of the bronze with a little bit of gold trim and they, it's not just all one color. Yep. So the terminators were the, I think the ones from the black reach set and they oh, were yeah. the, they were the first ones that I started playing around with a lot more of the copper. So now the copper is sort of the, the color that I mix in a lot more for like veterans for a little bit more of the characters um, just as a way to get a little bit more of that color variety without overpowering any other part of the scheme. Yeah. So that's. That sounds... um, so nowadays, when I'm doing that, um, I'm actually using the new P3. I think it's called Deathless Metal. Oh fuck, that metal's nice. Where it is very reminiscent of the old tin bits, but with like a hint of purple sheen to it. Interesting. And interesting. So like I, like I used to I used to use a purple wash on my um, as part of my process for the bronze and copper anyway. Yeah. So I'm using that, dry brushing it with uh, GW Balthazar gold, which is like old brazen brass. Yep. Not a gold, fun fact. Yeah. It's it's kind of like your base coat for gold. Yeah. Um, so and then I can do a quick dry brush after that with, again, the Balthazar gold with a little bit of the silver mixed in. Because their actual brass colors will just turn to rubber in about five seconds once you open them.
0: Even though they're so pretty,
2: like the Sycorax Bronze and Rune Lord Brass and stuff, they're great looking colors, but they dry up immediately. As Tom has recently discovered, copper from
1: oh. the Vallejo or not Vallejo? Yeah, the Vallejo. Yeah, metal the Vallejo
0: color. metal. Oh my god, dude! You're
1: gonna check out. Get, get
2: copper. up on that one, okay? I'll have to look into that. But uh, the
1: air or the normal? Uh, the metal color. <laughs> it's it's the it's one like the, the larger models. bottles. The air. Oh, the, the air. yeah. The air. No, the
0: Vallejo metal color. Okay, that's the it's and not It is technically an airbrush paint, but it's not the air range.
1: I would argue it's just a paint because I brush paint all the
0: time. But they call <laughs> them like
2: Vallejo model color, Vallejo model air, Vallejo game color, Vallejo game air. This and is, this is Vallejo metal color. Yeah, something. That's the official name. Yeah, I got that.
0: But, yeah. um. You sure? Yeah. Do you want us to go again? <laughs>
3: No, no, no. I mean, I actually have that paint. Oh, okay. well. that's why I was asking. It's
0: amazing. Actually. I went out and bought it like the next day. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So the so the process for that bronze that I, I love for tying together my color schemes. It's yeah the deathless metal drybrushed with balthazar gold, drybrushed with balthazar and the brightest silver mixed into it, and then I give it a wash with um, Agrax earth shade mixed in with um, and I probably use the gloss Agrax now, mixed in with drukai violet. Yep. to give it a little bit of that like purpley richness and playing off the Deathless Metal a little bit more. Give it a slightly thinned wash of that. And then I do a couple of shades of... I keep playing around with different um, colors that are similar to the old Scaly Green. Because yep. the old Scaly Green, yep. I loved for doing my Vertigree yeah. washes. I agree. But I haven't found another paint that does quite the same effect yeah I know i I'm, so I'm with you I think I think I'm the closest mixing colors I'm mixing paint ranges. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. The Vallejo uh scaly green goes all crazy when you thin it down too much and oxide is too flat. it is way too strong and it's very yeah. bright
1: actually yeah and but it doesn't have that it doesn't have that bluish green to it as much. I find it just dries flatter, yeah. Like it doesn't have a vibrancy to
2: it. And really I tried doing a wash with Troll Blood um, base, base a while ago, and it basically looks like Nilac Oxide when you make a wash out of it. Oh, that makes sense. It dries super freaky and in kind of, like, weird oily, splotchy ways almost. Ah, uh, it's liquid pigment. I don't, I've don't. i never liked the P3 liquid pigment, but that's what's had. But that's, that's one of the only P3 paints where I've found it's done weird shit like that, for me, anyway. So I'm still currently trying to, like, nail down exactly what I want to do for the Vertigree, but... In some cases, I'm mixing to try and recreate scaly green. In some cases, I'm, whatever, trying out different paint ranges. But ultimately, it's just a little bit of glazing in very yeah. carefully and very targeted into certain areas um, to try and, you know, just bring it down in certain areas and pool it where it and should naturally. And add a little spot color, too. Yeah, and it just, it does it all in a very subtle way that kind of blends and ties everything in together. Um, that bronze is using, or copper, is using a lot, like, maybe half the same paints that I'm using in my gold. Because uh, my gold now is actually balthazar gold, uh, retributor armor liberator gold, then that wash with Flesh uh, fleshshade and drewkai violet, so very similar um, to what I'm doing with the brass, and then doing the final highlight after it's all dry um, with liberator gold and again that brightest silver mixed in. Yeah. So like they're they're similar but different. Uh, the verdigris yep. especially ties like separates them a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to do like a lot of this stuff and specifically trying to build models and, uh, picking shoulder pads and detailing like, um, purity seals to really balance out the color schemes Yep. because the armies there are so flat with the black and the white in a lot of areas. Um, but if they have like a fancy shoulder pad or some other detailing, it's easy to overbalance the color scheme if I'm not careful. Yep. So realistically I'm painting... Very, very similar to that old color scheme. Like, most of my color recipes are basically the same or extremely similar. Um, The applications are a little bit different. The composition is a little bit more deliberate. Like, I do find I spend almost as much time picking out shoulder pads for sergeants and characters as I do, like, building the rest of the model. Mm -hmm. Because in my head, I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to paint the heraldry? What else is going on in the model? Like, if they have the studded shoulder pad, the way I paint them, it's a lot of that copper. We have to try to find ways to balance that out elsewhere on the model. Like, the, the yeah, for me, I'm painting with, like, a lot of the older techniques, but using a lot more, like, brain power and composition thoughts to try and balance it all out and make it work together. Yeah, you got to make sure it all ties in to the old stuff, for and, sure.
0: And one of the things we were kind of talking about the other day is that, like, it's almost come full circle where, like, that style is something I don't see anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I haven't seen an army painted in that style before. Um, Especially to that, that level, because I see a lot of people, like, do edge highlights, but never as meticulously as you have. So, like, that army, I, it's going to almost come full circle of, like, being that new exciting thing again, because we've all kind of moved on to, you know, those airbrush techniques that get these, like, really nice, smooth, uh, Well, the thing is, is, your realistic. stuff
1: is, is smooth. It's got the black, chaos black base coat. But back in the day where there wasn't really an airbrush to get the hand flamer, but that was only for terrain because it destroyed your models. Yeah. Um, but kind of talking about, I, I like, talking about older techniques, uh, what's your thought of versus your old Death Guard, Tom, with your new stuff?
0: Uh, oh, fuck, uh, not. <laughs> okay, that's kind of So fair. the old Death Guard, honestly, I never liked the way they looked except for the Demon prints. But I painted them as a challenge when the new air quotes because they're now, like, two generations of paints, like, yeah. uh, not around. Washes came out to be, like... Oh, that's right. A problem with that. Before, that was when they transitioned from inks. Yeah, that was right when the inks uh, died. I, and I'm like, <laughs> I bought all the washes, and I'm like, uh. can I paint an army almost exclusively with washes? So it's like bulk on metal and washes, basically. And then a little bit of fleshy bits here and there for a Death Guard army. Because I wanted to see if... Because I, I, we were going to Toronto, and I was going to play a game against Jay... And I wanted to take an army with a low model count. So I'm like, Death Guard it is. Yep. And I wanted to get them painted up uh, quickly. And so the challenge for myself was get this, I think it would have been like 1,250 or maybe 1,500 point list done in two weeks. So you're not going to paint your new army with washes? Uh, yes and no. I'm actually, um, I'm a, I was a little bit inspired by the, uh, I'm dealing entirely in hypotheticals here. So we'll see how it goes. But uh I picked up the new uh might be the latest, maybe the second most recent White Dwarf, where they had a bunch of the articles with how the like the heavy metal team um or guys in the studio painted a bunch of the Nurgle models. And the more I was looking at it, the more I was like, yeah, some of these techniques for like the batch painting I'm gonna be doing actually makes a lot of sense. Like getting into using a few more washes getting, like, using some, like, wet brushing or dry brushing almost in certain places for just, like, quickly picking out a little bit of detail and a lot of, like, things like the bellies of the beasts of Nurgle. Like, I totally need to dry brush that because it's, like, painting that texture by hand, A, will probably end up looking dumb, and B, will take forever. Yes. So. Don't, don't, don't paint that by hand. It's just going to look way too,
1: like, it's going to be, I think, overpowering.
0: Yeah. Anytime you do
1: that dot technique.
0: And so, like, my thought process really is, um, they, those models, they started with, uh, like, a base coat of, I think, Ogren camo. Something and, like that, yeah, one of those new And colors. then they just did an entire wash over the model. Um, I don't love that finish. I was going to say, have you heard of D.I.P.S.? <laughs> um so Are we quick? don't go there. So I'm planning on not dipping. I want to do it like they sell little, it in pints. <laughs> yeah. They come in pints? But my, my plan is a little bit different in that I want to do the like the base coat uh and then double kind of xenophil um using yep. similar colors, kind of going from like a little bit darker than the and camo to the and camo, which is a very pale green. Yep. And then just like a little shot of bone. Yep. And then I want to be a little bit more careful with where the washes are going. Play a little bit with the color, like still the greens, some reds, a little bit of purple because I love purple in Nurgle. I think it like plays off the green really, really well. And then just go back and do like probably in some places, depending, um, like the quick uh, kind of dry brush and then like a quick edge highlight. Yep, yep. And then I kind of want to call the flesh on like the plague bear is done there.
1: Because what I find interesting is, like, we're talking about pretty serious painting now. Uh, when you started this, you're like, I'm going to paint this up quick so I can play a couple games. It's Mage Sigmar in. Now it's like, these models are fucking cool. I actually want to paint these pretty. Just
0: gra- Mike, just grab the fucking model.
1: Ma- yeah, <laughs> you're making noise anyways. It's fine. Um, although, Mike's, like, Mike's looking at a greater demon right now.
0: Although, that being said, like, that process is really not that complicated, right? Like, I'm just. No. It's a couple of quick airbrushes, some manual shading, which the, is probably... What I was going to
1: say, though, is, like, if there's one army that you could literally dip and get away with, it's probably Nurgle.
0: If it's an army that should be dipped in shit, it's Nurgle. Exactly. Yeah, Nurgle demons especially. But, like, I feel... They're just really cool models. It's they still going to be a pretty quick process, because the one thing yep. that I'm going to be... Um, the reality of these models is that the my game plan is fairly light for the flesh... So that any, like, gore or filth effects that I end up doing yeah. will have a fairly stark I contrast. I also really
1: like that that general paint scheme where you've got, like, the green model and then, like, the bleach bone, like, belly. Like, where it's a whiter front. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, I quite like that, that contrast. I like it even on, like, Lehman Ross Tanks where they do, like, the camo green with, like, the, the, the bleach bone accents. Yeah. I think that looks great on, on pretty much anything.
0: And so ultimately a lot of the stuff is gonna come down to playing with uh, like the guts I'm gonna do pretty much straight up like they did in the article, um, from G Dub where it was I think Cadian flesh tone. Whichever like their mid tone flesh is. Yeah. And then Kislev. Like, Kislev. Kislev. Sure. And then like a highlight on that with uh some lighter color. <laughs> and then the wash of a fifty fifty mix of cardboard crimson and Blood for the Blood God.
1: Yep. Yep. That makes perfect sense. It's easy, quick.
0: Um, but I kind of want to. The p- main plan is that I want to like manually shade in and add for some color interest. Lots of like the the new pinks that Games Workshop has, like the pink horror. Yeah. Um, the screamer, maybe I think the screamer pink might be the one. that's yeah. a little bit light. But uh, the point is,
2: those are excellent paints. If you're looking for for pinks, they finally have a good range again.
0: Yeah, they have way more pinks
2: and purples than they ever did before. Yeah.
0: Which so ultimately, good. I'm not looking to try and make super clean looking models. I'm looking for trying to get as much you color You try interest.
2: and use Dan style with these. Yeah,
0: no, but my... These my, are sharp edge highlights on Flash. My plan for these guys is color interest. Yep. Right? Totally. Which is the way it should be. And I think that um, on the the Plague Bears, it'll be fairly subtle. But the
1: flies on the wings. <laughs> Holy crap, you can play with a
2: lot of color So the there. plan
0: for the wings, I think, is probably the color shift paints. The green stuff world lessons oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. I think that's kind of the plan there because I want something that really makes, um, if we're thinking about things like, what can I do to make a unit stand out? Like, try something where you're playing not only with color but texture as well. Totally. And it'll have a little bit more like gloss sheen. Totally. It'll have a little bit, like, moving the models, they'll have that very insect wing Well, I was going to say,
1: one of the more interesting units of uh, Plague Drones I've seen is where somebody did, like, a straight up airbrush black to bleach bone fade across the wings, which looks kind of weird and a little bit off-putting, but the wings are supposed to look a little weird and off-putting, right? Yeah. Like, just playing with, like, that complete lack of light reflection, like just a flat matte black through, like, a, a glowing sort of center. Tried to make it look a little bit transparent. Like, they're obviously mm. not transparent. Trying to make it look like a fly's wing is going to be tough, and if you can kind of give that hint of what you're trying to get at, that's going to be pretty impressive.
0: And that's where I feel the color shift is going to come in. Totally. Yep. Um, the only other thing that I'm a little bit torn on right now uh, – oh, sorry, I should say the bases are pretty simple. Um, they're mostly just going to be sand with some slate. Um, but what I want to do is add a lot more of those, like, flower tufts. Oh, and, yeah. Get and the
1: garden going on.
0: Because it's the Garden of Nurgle. And then have, like, little bits of gore on a few of them here and there. Like, try to make them a little bit sickly. <laughs>
1: well, what you need to do, like, the, the um, Horticula Slimeux, uh, where he's got the little flower pot that's got, like, the full-on Mario flame flower. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? It's got the teeth and everything. That kind of flower is what you want. Something that looks like a flower, but
0: weird. Well, so there's kind of... My thought is actually, like, just those secret weapon tufts. Yeah. Because, like, the flower tufts. Because they look really cool. And they're small enough you don't have to do the detail to, yeah, to make them. Exactly. Work. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then I think behind um, Horticulus, there's like um, the Vallejo Technical, of like the weathering effects paints. Yep. Uh, I picked up both colors of slime. Be aware, they're very shiny. Very, oh, very shiny. Dude, it's going to be the snail trail. That's perfect. Perfect. I
1: use them on my Mechanicum and they are gloss. Yeah. My Mechanicus. Sorry, I corrected myself. Ooh.
0: <laughs>
3: I can't even look at you right
1: now. I know.
0: But other than that, uh, the that only
3: thing the
1: only
0: thing I'm a little bit torn on right now is if I do the weapons copper, yeah. it's not gonna have that contrast of if I did the onyx black.
1: Oh to- yeah, I see what you mean. Like do the onyx black with the gloss to make it look like the like. Gold I probably wouldn't glass. do
0: with a gloss, to be honest, because
1: I'm not a super huge fan. If you're going to do the obsidian glass, demonic, like weird me- or material, you'd pro- I think you should probably do glass. I'm not a huge fan of that either, but I think just doing a flat black would look unfinished.
2: And I do think having the the textural qualities for the army is going to be where you're getting a lot of the contrast. Yeah. Like the flatter skin tones versus the the slime and the gore. And, um, like a sheen on the, on some of the glassy weapons. So maybe gold versus shiny. I, I think, think you can go with the
1: crazy good rust, like almost like the demonic style rust, like not even a natural rust go. Um, cause that's going to be a, a complete, like if you're looking at a color wheel, which I'm kind of picturing in my head, I'm fairly certain like that sort of flatter green type colors is almost exactly off the, like one of the tries is, is an orange.
0: Yeah. So,
2: well, Pure blue would go into the orange, but yeah. It'll be reddish, yeah. but
0: like still, so that was kind of my other thought, was going super rusty weapons, where, and how I've actually been doing that lately that's been really fun, is paint them brown, smash on like uh, bright orange and brown rust color paints, yep. and then just a quick little dry brush with the Vallejo Metallics. Yep, yep. And it would be fast. it looked look pretty good. But anyways, that's kind of where my thought process is at. Um... You know, we'll see what happens. I am so excited that I get to fucking prime these guys this weekend. Yep. Because all I've been doing is building models and playing games the last little while, and I feel bad that I've been having mm-hmm. zero progress on painting. Oh, um, I love gray. Playing.
1: I love playing against the gray tide.
0: So it's
2: it's been unfortunate, and I got you could paint them like tide pods. He said tide, so I immediately wow. thought tide pods. That's that. That'd that be ship, a sweet color scheme. That ship has sailed.
1: And on that note...
0: (laughs) Yeah, that episode done! (laughs) Uh, So, uh, I I thought that was actually really fun, uh, talking about all the different armies like that. If you guys liked that kind of conversation, let us know. Um, We've done a lot of different armies and had a lot of different approaches for them, so if you guys have any questions, feel free to post questions on the Facebook page. We should be having... I know Mike's already had some progress. Obviously, Steve's stuff's been up there. Dan's. Hopefully, I can get some painted photos up for you guys. I've actually got
2: any of my stuff up, but I've been doing. I got to get some. There haven't been proper photos of your Mechanicum yet. Yeah, world famous uh, second at LBO Mechanicus. Yeah, Mechanicumus. Mechanism.
1: Mechanica. uh, Mechanicus.
2: Mechanism. Sure, let's just call them The Mechanisms. The It'll be Mechanisms. Be fine, kind of It'll be fine. Uh,
0: anyways, hopefully I'll get some stuff actually with paint on it in the next uh, week or <laughs> two. And then I'll not be that guy playing with unpainted models because I kind of feel like a goober. So Hey, whatever. But I'm still playing 40K, which is kind of sweet.
1: Yeah, they're based. Yeah. <laughs> so it's
0: kind of like it, painted. Yeah, right? <laughs> Basically. Until next time, though, this has been another episode of Hobby Date in Canada. I'm Tom. I'm Dan. Mike. I'm Steve uh, I guess paint your models unlike me oh fuck uh, play some games and have fun we'll talk to you next time